Hi, Juliet here with a quick message before this episode starts. Everything you need to be more strategic amid the busyness of the school term is contained in the 170 plus episodes of this podcast. But sometimes you can get there a bit faster with some personalised help. I host a termly online workshop specifically designed to help the support staff within schools to make the shift from being reactive to strategic. Our next workshop is coming up soon and we're going to be reflecting on how things have gone this academic year and strategising for the academic year to come so that you can confidently prioritise your workload, overcome the obstacles that are holding you back and redirect your time and focus onto your priorities. At the end of the session, I promise you're going to be feeling more energised, ready to hit the ground running with a clear plan of action. This term's workshop is going to be run on Thursday the 16th of May, and you can find out more and book your place at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash plan. I hope to see you there. Now, let's launch into this episode. If you're going to be strategic about your social media activities, you have to set objectives. You need to know what it is you're trying to achieve with your social media content. And the key thing here to understand is that your social media is just one strand of how you're communicating with your key audiences. Welcome to the Independent School Podcast. Thinking and acting strategically is the key to both securing the future of your school and helping to build a more equal and just world. My name's Juliette Corbett. I'm a consultant, speaker and facilitator specialising in helping independent schools. In this podcast, I translate tried and tested strategy and fundraising techniques into a language that works for schools. So if you're a senior leader in a private school and you want your daily work to feel less exhausting and more strategic, and if you want once more to feel the joy of making the world a better place through education, then you're in the right place. Welcome, and let's get started on this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode where we're talking about strategic social media. One of the bugbears that I have around social media is people really jumping straight to the tactics and not taking the time to think about ensuring that what they're doing with their social media is actually delivering their overall objectives. Basically, people not being strategic about it. Now, you'll have heard me talk a lot about strategy, so you're not surprised to hear that I get a little bit frustrated when people aren't being strategic. But I think because there is so much noise around social media and also not necessarily, it's not necessarily an area that everybody keeps fully up to date with all the time, which is absolutely fine. Um, Therefore, I think there sometimes can be too much buzz around the tactics and not enough focus on the strategy. So in this week's episode, I'm going to be focusing on three areas in particular for how you can make sure you're being strategic in your social media. And I'm going to be talking, just to kind of narrow down the the scope of what we're talking about here, I'm going to be talking specifically to a development office. Now, everything I say is equally applicable for a marketing team in talking about the whole school social media, or indeed about any other department across the school who has social media activity. But I'm going to focus in on the development team as a way of kind of constraining the scope of today's episode. And the three areas I'm going to be talking about, you've got to get clarity on if you're going to be strategic, are firstly setting objectives for your social media activity. 
Secondly, the three key strategic choices that you have to make carefully. The first one being which social media platforms are you going to be using? So you're going to be on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, you know, where are you going to focus your efforts? Secondly, how is your departmental social media, in this case, the development department, going to sit alongside schools, social media strategy? And thirdly, how are you actually going to plan the content, but at a strategic level? So those are the three strategic choices that you've got to make. And then the final area I want to talk about is also measuring impact. Again, another area that can sometimes trip people up a little bit. I just want to pause for a moment to say thank you to you. The Independent School podcast has now passed its second birthday, published more than 100 episodes and has had over 6,000 listens. As the founder and host of this podcast, I've been really humbled by the number of people who have told me that it's really helped them. From school heads who've rushed up to me at conferences and told me how it's been a real guide for them through tricky times, through to experienced directors of development who have said it reassures them that they're on the right track. So thank you for listening and for all your kind comments along the way. If this podcast is helping you, then I invite you to join the 300 people who have asked to get my weekly emails. That way you'll hear about each episode as it's published, as well as the special offers that I only tell people about when they're on my mailing list. So to get my weekly emails, you can go to www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash sign up. Okay, so the first thing you need to do, if you're going to be strategic about your social media activities, you have to set objectives. You need to know what it is you're trying to achieve with your social media content. And the key thing here to understand is that your social media is just one strand of how you're communicating with your key audiences. And so it has to enable you to deliver your departmental strategy. So in the case of a development office, you will have or should have a departmental development office strategy, which will identify some target audiences that might be particular age groups, particular professions. It might group alumni by beliefs or attitudes, whatever it is, identifying where are the groups of alumni that you want to really be focusing on. And it should also set out some objectives. Now, I love the way of setting objectives, which is recommended within the social marketing world. And I've done an episode on social marketing before. I can link to that in the episode notes. But it really roots itself into knowledge objectives, belief objectives and behaviour objectives. And I think this is a very useful framework to be using in development office objective setting. So a knowledge objective is what do you want your alumni, let's use alumni in this case, what do you want your alumni to know And that might be, for example, my school fundraises for bursaries. Your belief objective is what do you want your alumni to believe? For example, I believe that bursaries help young people from disadvantaged backgrounds. And then thirdly, your behaviour objective is what do you want your alumni to do? An example might be, I will donate to the giving day. So you can see there how there's a cascade of knowledge, belief and behaviour objectives, which you can set at a a development office strategy level and you have some clarity around that or whatever objective setting system you're using at the moment you might be doing it a different way that's fine but whatever those objectives are they need to cascade down into your social media strategy the other thing that you need to do at this objective setting stage is to understand for your social media in particular what are your key messages So that's obviously going to flow from your knowledge, belief and behaviour objectives or whatever objectives you've set or your key things you want to say to your audiences. And what is your tone of voice? 
Now, this is really important for social media. You do not want to be going onto social media with a very formal, kind of staid, bland kind of tone of voice. You can allow yourself to be a little bit more informal. You can allow yourself to have a little bit of humour in your social media when appropriate, not all the time, when appropriate. There could be a, a levity to the way you're, you're communicating, which is not always possible in other through other communications methods. But you need to define what that tone of voice is. So for example, you might want to be friendly, passionate and informed. So you're the kind of person that you're sitting next to at a, at a dinner party who's super friendly, using pretty informal language, who has a real passion that they want to share with you, but they're really well informed. They're not just doing things at the surface, they have a depth of intellectual knowledge to them. That's a great example of a kind of tone of voice that you might want to be using for your social media. Or there might be something different that you're trying to do within your school, which is fine as well. And then finally, when you're setting objectives, you need to have a really clear understanding of, of how things are going at the moment. It's basically, it's a SWOT analysis, identifying the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats for how your social media is being perceived at the moment. So are you currently meeting the objectives that you're setting? Are you successfully delivering those key messages? What are your engagement levels like? How much time are you spending on social media? Do you have the skill set in-house to really deliver this strategy that you're developing? So that sense of a SWOT analysis needs to happen pretty early on in the process of developing a social media strategy so that you're able to really focus in on the things that actually you need to improve. And that might be upskilling the team. It might be um, dedicating a little bit more time to social media or a little bit less time. It might be making sure that time is dedicated to the right activities within social media. So that's your first stage, setting objectives. It's almost like setting the scene, if you like, for your social media strategy. The second stage that you need to go through is making some of those key strategic choices. So the first strategic choice that you have to make is which platforms are you going to focus on? Now this I mean the social media platforms, so things like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, etc, etc. The first question you need to ask is where do your target audiences hang out online? And don't just guess, you can ask people which social media platforms they use the most. You can also use some, some useful demographic research into social media. I'm going to put some links, quite a lot of links actually, in the episode notes for this episode so you can have a look at some of that demographics research. It's also really important to understand, it may be that you've identified that your target audience hangs out in a particular platform, but you also need to think about your objectives. Where are you most likely to be able to engage with your target audience to meet your objectives? And that might change your decision slightly. So for example, if your objectives are very much around connecting to people about their careers and about kind of a professional side of things, even if LinkedIn isn't the most massively used platform, it's probably one of the key ones you want to be focusing on because it has a tradition a kind of um, an, uh, a strength in the area of communicating with people over careers, professional um, content and so on. Once you've thought about which platforms you're going to focus on, you want to identify two or three. Now, most development teams are relatively small. You know, if, if you're lucky, you might have the resources to focus on maybe four platforms. But for most development office teams in independent schools, you'd be really best recommended to focus on a couple, two or three platforms to really focus your efforts on. Okay, so strategic choice number two, how are you going to interact with the school's social media activity? 
Now, it, there are various different ways of doing this. And to be honest, there isn't a right or wrong way. The most important thing is you have an agreement with whoever is managing the school's social media accounts as to how they're going to interact with each other in terms of the development account and the school account. But a lot of schools, what they do is they'll have a separate development office account on the platforms that you're focusing on. So the two or three platforms you're focusing on will have a separate development office account and that would be run within the development team. You would then regularly share content on those platforms between the school's account and the development office accounts. And then any other platforms, which so the development office has decided it's not going to be focusing on because it just isn't enough time in the day to focus on all of them. If your school happens to have a, a an account for those other platforms, then the development office would provide a little drip feed of, of content which the marketing team can feed into those other platforms. So there's a there is a development office kind of alumni presence on those platforms, but it's not something the development office is completely focusing on. But as I say, there's no right or wrong. So you've got agreement, there's clarity on how you're interacting between different school accounts. That's what's the most important thing to be choosing. Strategic choice number three, and this is a really important one. How are you going to plan your content? So I'm not yet talking about tactics. I'm not talking about actually how are you going to word your posts. I'm talking about that strategic level decision making around the process you're using to plan content and quite often where people go wrong if 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 you're feeling your social media content isn't where it wants to be it's probably because you're not doing enough planning and you're focusing your time on the actual posting the actual creation of content take a step back do the planning okay so there's a number of things to contemplate here the first is you need to create a content calendar now this will determine how frequently you're posting on different platforms that you're focusing on. The timing. So when is the optimal time of day or time of the week to post on those platforms? And again, I've got um, references in the episode notes for a lot of research that's been done onto the best time of day, um, the best um, day of the week and so on. And you'll have a different plan for different platforms. So something like Twitter, you're much more likely to post quite frequently. Something like LinkedIn, you're much more likely to post less frequently, but with more in-depth content, more more kind of lengthy posts. Things like Instagram and Facebook are kind of somewhere between the two. You also, in your content calendar, want to think about what's called your content mix. If you were to brainstorm, and this is a great example of how you can use post-its. I love a good post-it no session. How can you use post-its to think about all the different types of content that you might use? So for example, for a development office, Some of your content is going to be around alumni events. Some of your content is going to be around kind of archival information and photos. Some of it's going to be around your regular giving program or your giving day or annual fund or whatever it is you're doing in that area. Some of it's going to be around school events. Some of it's going to be around sports news, all these different categories of types of content that you want to share. If you list those out, put them all on a post-it, one on each post-it, list them out. What percentage of your content should each of those categories be? As a little rule of thumb, you don't want your fundraising content, so you're kind of where you're actively asking to be too high. People will perceive that as being a little bit pushy. So your fundraising content will want to be mostly educational. You're talking about impact. You're talking about the 
participation rate or the number of donors or a, a, you know expressing your gratitude to recent legators or whatever it might be and then the actual ask is a relatively small percentage of your content mix but do it strategically plan it out in advance don't accidentally end up with a massive amount of i don't know archives content and not much of anything else be strategic about planning your content calendar Once you've got your content calendar and you understand your content mix, you understand your posting frequency and the timings of your posts, it can be very, very helpful to use a social media scheduler. For example, things like Hootsuite, Buffer, Later, and there's various other ones as well. Again, I'm going to put a list of of links in the the episode notes. I actually use one called SmarterQ, less well-known, but actually pretty good value, and it's really quite powerful um, social media scheduler, so I recommend having a quick look at that one. These schedulers allow whoever is in your team that's creating the actual content, the actual posts, to do it in batches. So they can schedule, create lots and lots of posts all in one go. So they can spend a whole afternoon creating a huge number of posts. And then you can schedule them to be to go live at various different points over the coming month. And it's quite common for, for um, certainly in the business world, for people to do this on a monthly basis. So you might have a couple of days in the third or fourth week of the month that plans the content for the next month. You can then upload it all to the scheduler. It can be checked off by director of development if, if necessary, although generally speaking, you've got someone who's confident in this. You don't need to check everything at director of development level. And then it just flows out over the month. You then augment that. It's, this is really important. You can't just let it go and forget about it, you augment it with going into that social media and being more reactive through the month. So you'll be responding to comments, sharing a few of your alumni's news posts, you know, alum posts about publishing a book or something, then you'd post that, you know, you'd write a congratulations comment to a few key, key prospective donors around their new jobs or whatever news they're sharing on LinkedIn. You want to be organic as well. But a lot of this stuff you can schedule in advance. It's going to make your life a lot easier. The third area you want to think about planning content. Like I said, there's a lot to think about in this strategic choice. You want to think about what I call your content pipeline. And that is about the general way you're going to make sure that you've got a good flow of information that you can repurpose into social media content. The classic one that people overlook, which I think is really important to think about more carefully, is how are you repurposing the long form content that you're creating? Now, in in generally speaking, in development office, this is your alumni magazine, which maybe goes out once a year. These are your termly newsletters or things where you're actually putting a lot of effort into creating these long form pieces of content. You want to be able to repurpose them into your social media content to drive additional Uh, traffic to those pages. Basically, you put a lot of effort into writing that particular article about a a, a prominent alum. If it's just in the magazine, let's be honest, are many people actually going to read it? They might want to, but do they actually have time? You've got it re-shared on social media a couple of times over the following months, much more likely that people are actually going to click on the link and actually read that content. Think also about your school calendar and make sure you've got a regular flow of information coming from other departments across the school as well. So you're able to showcase what's happening and give a sense of of the kind of the day to day buzz at the school. Think about external calendars as well. So you might want to schedule some content specifically around seasonal times of year. So around Christmas, for example, 
you might want to um, focus on particular special days of the year. So a lot of schools do um, activity around International Women's Day, for example. You can, again, use your external calendar to, to schedule content that's relevant to those special days. And then finally, you can harness what are called daily hashtags. So this is things like the hashtag throwback Thursday or TT as it's sometimes shortened to. There's whole lists of these daily hashtags. Motivation Monday is another one that comes up frequently on my feed. Um, you can harness those again to get people to be engaging with your content a little bit more. To be honest, I'm always a little bit sceptical about to what extent they work, but a lot of people use them. So go for it and experiment, see what you can do to make those work for you. But the most important thing is that you have a routine. So you have a daily routine for that organic content. You have a monthly routine for creating some of that evergreen content, as it's called, content that doesn't really date, that you can schedule in advance. And make sure that you're not letting social media take over everything that you're doing, but that it is almost like a drip, drip of activity that's going out into your social media feeds. So those are your key three strategic choices that you need to make platforms, interacting with school social media and planning content. And of course, if anything came up from that SWOT analysis that you really need to work on, there might be strategic choices that you need to make in those areas as well. And then finally, we're going to move on to measuring impact. Now, you cannot be strategic unless you're doing something to measure impact. And what often happens is that people measure things that are easy to measure because measuring the number of followers, measuring the number of clicks, measuring the number of shares is an easy way to measure social media. But to be really strategic, you need to be measuring to what extent you're achieving your objectives. So for example, if you were going to use that behaviour objective kind of format that I used, that I mentioned earlier, you could be looking at the increased traffic to a particular web page after you've made a certain number of posts. So let's say your behaviour objective was that more alumni sign up to a particular event you could look at the event bookings or the number of alumni that have clicked through to that event bookings page after you've done your social media posts to see if that's actually having any impact. If your behaviour objective is more around increasing donations, then you can be looking at the pattern of donations that you're getting on your online giving pages to think about, okay, how does this correspond to when we're posting on social media? Can I see there's actually an impact on behaviour as a result of our social media? Those knowledge and belief objectives are a little bit harder to measure, but generally speaking, you can phrase questions on surveys to ask people about some of those as well if you're wanting to measure those specifically. What's worth contemplating as well is that generally speaking, schools are looking to, especially with maybe an alumni audience, they're looking to enhance what we might call brand loyalty. So we're looking to enhance that sense of loyalty to their school. Now, in the marketing world and the social media kind of marketing world in particular, if you're looking to enhance brand loyalty, it's perfectly valid to be looking at overall follower numbers, view numbers, impressions, shares, comments, etc., etc. So using the, that standard social media post analytics is fine, but understand that what you're actually measuring there is potentially brand loyalty rather than behaviour in terms of the behaviour objectives that you might have. And also you can use social media analytics to look at the response that people have to individual posts. And one of the strengths of using some of those schedulers is that it's really easy to see all of your analytics in one place. So you can review to see which are the, the posts that people have liked or shared the most. That's the type of content that people are really engaging with. Maybe you need to do a bit more like that. What are the popular times of day that people are actually engaging with your content? 
and thinking about how you can grow engagement for your audience. You're not just relying on those more general demographic research or time of day research. As I mentioned earlier, you're thinking for your unique audience, what time of day is most important? What type of post is most interesting? What types of platforms are growing the fastest for you? And all of that information allows you to be more and more selective over time and refine these strategic choices that you're making over time as well. So in summary, putting it all together, once you've done all of this, and it does take time to think through all of these things, but once you're doing it in a structured way, like I've presented here, you'll be able to build your social media strategy. So the key pieces of information you need for that are knowing your target audiences, knowing your objectives, and that might be in that knowledge, belief, belief, behavior structure, knowing your key messages, your tone of voice, your choice of social media platform, how you're interacting with school social media accounts, how you're going to plan your content, how you're going to measure your impact. If you were able to jot all of that down onto two sides of A4, let's say, that is your social media strategy. There's nothing mythical, mystical, difficult about this. It's very straightforward, but you need to have those building blocks in place, those decisions made in order to be truly strategic about your social media going forwards. As always, I love to hear your feedback. Let me know what you think. Have I missed something? Is there something you're doing which you're finding is really working for your social media strategy? Do let me know. That's it for this time and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye for now then. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Independent School Podcast the podcast that helps senior leaders in private schools to think and act more strategically, both because they want to secure the future of their school and because they want to help build a more equal and just world. You can listen in everywhere that podcasts are available. And if you want to catch up on previous episodes or follow any of the links that I've mentioned today, just head over to www.consultjuliet.com co.uk slash podcast.